0: The church is not a building on Main Street in your town that has first or second in front of the name. It is not, you know, a group of Christians somewhere protesting outside of something for something. It's always wherever the crucified people of history are and whoever has aligned themselves in solidarity with the crucified and oppressed peoples of history. Because that's who Christ is. That's what Christ did. That's what Christ's followers did throughout the New Testament. So that's where the church always is.
1: welcome to all god's children i was glad when they said unto me let us go and talk about that taboo trinity race religion and politics thank you for joining the raceless gospel podcast where we gather this season for some bodybuilding and to discuss whether the church is a body or a building i am your host and podcast pastor starlette thomas On today's podcast, I'm joined by Ben Boswell, who serves as the senior pastor at Myers Park Baptist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. In this episode, we'll address the importance of a faith that seeks understanding. But first, won't you pray for us and with me? In the name of the immortal, invisible, and not up for business as usual, God, who was not in cahoots with Caesar... Who doesn't work alongside mammon? Whose face cannot be colored in? I pray against the backdrop of the North American church for which I have so many questions. Because who is holding its leaders accountable for charging for your blessings when leaders are charged with sexual misconduct and financial mismanagement, when the church has a history of genocide, enslavement, and all manner of barbarity while behaving as if you left it in charge of everybody? throwing sticks with a stone face, hiding its hand behind a Bible, I pray for more members to become allies and accomplices instead of aiding and abetting in something that is more than, quote, a misunderstanding, end quote. God help us to do justice to theologies that lack accountability and a pedagogy for belonging, that instead endorse segregation, the patriarchy, Capitalism, nepotism, Christian nationalism, militarism, misogyny, race and its progeny. Forgive us for turning a blind eye and shrugging our shoulders. Also, strengthen us to lift the weight of history and convict those who shrug it off and say it's God's will. Which means, dear God, that you're in cahoots. Amen. First, giving honor to God, who is the head of my life, to the pastor, visitors, saints, friends, and the American church especially. Upon rock-headed people like Peter and those who throw rocks at people like Paul, Christ builds his church. From those who talk loudly but do nothing to the worst of the worst. From tongue-tied to scale-eyed, Christ calls his church together. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, it is Christ who holds us all together. I just stood up to testify that I have more interest in the ties that bind than the white supremacist lies and pride that we hide behind. I want to see us all come together, not in the sweet by and by, but in the here and now. And I need answers as to why it has taken so long when Christ has shown his followers the way. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? How long do you think I'm going to wait before I leave the church behind? How long do you think it should take to repent, repair, and restore the body of Christ racialized? To denounce the idols we've made that now take our sides and favor our political party? To acknowledge our feminine side and not question a woman's calling because Jesus is calling. And he wants to know why we aren't here yet. Don't shrug your shoulders answer him. Our scripture reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 5 and verses 29 and 30, which read this way in the New Revised Standard Version. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but he nourishes and tenderly cares for it, just as Christ does for the church because we are members of his body. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is Reverend Starlet Thomas, your podcast pastor, and we'll be right back.
2: Imagine a gender equal world, a world where women in ministry, for example, are not just permitted but wanted, not just tolerated but celebrated, not just surviving but thriving. Baptist Women in Ministry, BWIM, has been standing in solidarity with women in ministry and leadership since 1983. BWIM provides support and community. It advocates for the full affirmation of women in Baptist life. But despite 40 years of progress, statistics tell us that nearly nine in 10 Baptist women face ministry obstacles simply because of their gender. Baptist Women in Ministry is taking action with its new Multiply campaign. It's the next engine of evolution to find liberation from patriarchy. Visit bwim.info slash multiply to learn more and multiply.
1: This is Reverend Starlet Thomas, welcoming you back to this episode of the Raceless Gospel Podcast. I want to introduce to some, and present again to others, Ben Boswell, who is also the author of Confronting Whiteness, a spiritual journey of reflection, conversation, and transformation. For today's sermon, we will engage in the tradition of call and response, a sacred back and forth feel free to join in as an official member of the Amen Corner and chime in as we do some bodybuilding. We're here to talk about bodybuilding. We're here to do some weightlifting. We're here to have a discussion about whether or not the church is a body or a building, a body and or a building, and what it looks like to embody faith, and so I feel like you might want to preach a little bit about that. Might want to riff mm-hmm. on that a bit. So the first thing uh, that I want to talk about to, to discuss is at the top of my list is that. Is it a body or a building? Is it sticks and stones or flesh and bone? How do you view the body of Christ?
0: Well, I definitely don't view it as a building. I think okay. we have entombed many many people. We've entombed the body of Christ all over again in the way that we think about buildings. So we've, we've rolled the stone in front of the church and shut the body of Christ inside. And he is begging to be resurrected.
1: So you're begging for a deacon meeting after this podcast recording. You want us, you don't, you don't want us to have a church after this. They're going to meet us in the parking lot. Keep going, preacher. Keep going.
0: They're going to get us of buildings. Yeah, a lot of buildings have become an albatross around the neck of the body of Christ. They're holding us down. They're holding us back. They're, we're spending all our money on maintaining them ah! uh, and embalming. <laughs> we're like embalming them. We're not even renovating them. We're embalming them. Ah! right? <laughs> like they're a corpse, you know, preserving the the, the furniture that somebody's grandma Ooh! donated for the parlor room, you know, or the hall. <laughs> the artwork that's on the wall. What are we doing? We're naming fellowship halls after for the your... former pastor. We're creating... The church is not a place for your leftover uh, yard sale. We stuff can't make a
1: donation house. and leave it at the church. <laughs> I want to write it off on my taxes.
0: <laughs> so many think they can.
1: The Lord laid it heavy on my heart that this quilt belongs <laughs> in the narthex. <laughs>
0: Yes, and we rebuke that in the name of Jesus.
1: That is above every name.
0: We rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Yes. We we have entombed ourselves. We have rolled the stone in front of the church and we we continue to do that every finance meeting where we're talking about we need a new water heater and we yes. got a leak over here and we got a leak over there. We're spending so much time really? just think don't even do a financial audit. Do a time audit. Yeah, 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 yeah. On how much time you're spending talking about maintaining the building that you're in instead of out in the world doing the work of ministry, of justice and love in the community. <laughs> We're going to fail that time audit, right? Say so. going to fail that.
1: So if, if the body of Christ has a good head on its shoulders, here being Christ, right, then why do questions remain concerning love, justice, and mercy as you mentioned it?
0: Hmm. Well, we have we have spiritualized and sanitized the life and teachings of Jesus. Like we do with every figure of justice and love in our world, King, Malcolm X, we sanitize, we sterilize, we sentimentalize, we spiritualize everything that they Come said. On, to the preacher! Point of, the point where we can't even, we don't even understand what they're really saying. <laughs> We're not taking any of it. All we've got is what's been strained through oh. these just like filtered down into yeah. nothing. I want the concentrated stuff. You remember the concentrated orange juice used to get in a can when yes, you were a kid, had put it in the water and stir it up. I just want the concentrated gospel. <laughs> Give me that. I, know, but I don't hear a lot of people preaching the concentrated gospel because uh, the problem is they can't maintain these big buildings once you start mm. preaching that because the people start leaving people who gave the donations for the building whose names are on the building on the plaques they start getting angry they try to force the pastors out It's just a it's a vicious cycle Mm -hmm. right it's Mm -hmm. a vicious cycle but the reality is that we have we've tamed the message of christ tamed the message of jesus we've made it easy to follow you know so what does it mean to take up our cross and follow somehow it's become easy to do that how is it easy now It's not easy, not supposed to be, never supposed to be easy to follow someone who was crucified by the state. Um, And so I don't a lot of that has to do with we've become the dominant culture
1: Mm -hmm. in society,
0: and which makes it almost impossible for us to read the scriptures rightly.
1: Now, you spoke a word, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, when Christ bids a man or a woman to come. It's them to come and die. Gardner yes, Taylor right. also talks about this, this candy gospel that the preachers are talking about. It's sweet, mm. it's good to eat, mm. but it rots your teeth. It doesn't, there's nothing that you can build upon. It's not good for the body, though it mm. tastes good. So when you start talking about that concentrated juice, I thought about that high concentration of fructose syrup. How mm. it may taste good going down, it's so sweet and it's good for my tummy. And boy, didn't we have a time at church, but don't ask me what we talked about at church.
0: Right. Right, and just like just like the high fructose corn syrup, it makes us big and lazy. Ah! <laughs> As Christians, theologically, spiritually, fix it up, Doc. Make us big and lazy and unable to do the hard work. Our muscles are not strong. We're not able to yeah. to do the work of. That. So what happens is we become uh, we lose courage. Yeah. We become fearful, right? And in yeah, our fear, yeah. we're like. No, I gotta protect my what I have and my house and my power and my status in society and my family. And I'm not willing to risk any of that to follow Jesus in a, in a radical way.
1: Which is why we end up not being able to build the body, which is why we can't do any heavy lifting theologically. You've made a fine point, but answer me this, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, in your estimation, why does the North American church, the body of Christ, remain separated? Let's get a little closer you know, it's to it. it's interesting
0: that you ask me that. Every time I'm interviewed about the work I do on uh, anti-racism, on confronting whiteness, I always get asked by the interviewer from the news or the newspaper, um, they use that quote from MLK, you know, the most segregated hour is 11 <laughs> o'clock on Sunday morning, as Wearing if i never heard dog. that quote before, as if that's the only thing Martin Luther King Jr. ever said. And I always ask the question to them, you know, who segregated the church? Who? We white folks segregated the church.
1: Tell the truth and shame the devil, sir.
0: What? We segregated the church. Now who all of a did, sudden, Pastor like, Ben, who? Y'all come on back. Come on back now. We need y'all to come help us because we're dying. Would y'all come help our churches survive now? Why would a black person want to come to a white church? I mean, that is. Uh, that is such a question for me. I mean, I'm grateful we have people who have come to a predominantly white church here. But part of that is because we have been doing anti-racism work, mm-hmm. you know, that that's that's why. They want to be a part of a community that's confronting whiteness as such with that is interracial, but they don't want to be a part of a community that's, that's just, you know, not talking about race at all or pretending it doesn't exist.
1: That's right, that's right. Not
0: talking about any social issues at all. And I think part of that is because I, part the, the reason why people keep saying, well, I wish we could all just go to church together is a misunderstanding of the importance of the Black church. Mm. I mean, this is the critical and the first place of autonomy in Black society. In From America. Hush Harbor. The first place of freedom. The first place of self-expression. Yeah. Political mobilization. Religious freedom. You know, so nobody's going to give that up just so they can integrate with white folks at church. That's so I think we're asking I think we're asking sort of the wrong question to me is not, you know, how do we reintegrate um, churches, um, which almost always creates this sort of like um, mega church model where white people are still in charge, but black people go there. Ah. Whiteness is still in charge, but people of color go there. Um, I, I think we need a an, an abolitionist mindset toward toward the future of you know relationships between white and black Christians. You know that's my love Christian language. People. Yeah.
1: You know Harriet I mean, this, Tubman is my matron saint. <laughs> you you're talking right. You're talking yeah. right.
0: Well, you know, there's a lot of discussion right now about white Christian nationalism or mm-hmm. Christian. Nationalism. There's always been Christian nationalism, Christo fascism. In this country from the very beginning, before this country was even founded, it's always been here from the very beginning, but there's also been an alternative witness, always, Mm -hmm. a contrary testimony that has been against it and the difference between those two forms, particularly of white Christianity, but of Christianity itself, the difference between right Christian nationalism, or Christian nationalist Christianity, and the other form has been abolition.
1: Absolutely.
0: Do you support abolition or not? That's now, right. you might say, well, slavery is gone, segregation has gone, but what do we have now? Mass incarceration. That's right. Police in That's prison. Right. Are you abolitionists or are you not? That's the right. distinguishing factor between the two versions of Christianity that say we Say so. Yeah.
1: My Lord. Uh, well, it, it, I would be remiss if I did not mention mystic and theologian Howard Thurman, and mm. of course, his book, Jesus and the Disinherited, where he says, it cannot be denied that too often, the weight of the Christian movement has been on the side of the strong and the powerful and Mm. against the weak and the oppressed. This, despite the gospel, why must we as Jesus followers no longer shrug off this truth?
0: Mm. So when you earlier asked me about what the body of Christ is, I was going to say before I got ahead of myself is it is a movement of people who are constantly struggling to align themselves in solidarity with the oppressed and crucified people of history, Come the work on. of liberation. And so I don't think that's where I, I see the church. People say, where's the church? The church is not a building on Main Street in your town that has first or second in front of the name. Jesus. It is not you know, a group of Christians somewhere protesting outside of something. For something, it's always wherever the crucified people of history are, and whoever has aligned themselves in solidarity with the crucified and oppressed peoples of history. Because that's who Christ is. That's what Christ did. That's what Christ's followers did throughout the New Testament. So that's where the church always is. Wherever people are doing that, the church is. So I see the church in movements for abolition that have nothing, they don't say anything about Jesus. They're not talking about Jesus. They're maybe interfaith, maybe they're agnostic. That's but right. they are being Jesus. They That's are being right. the body of Christ wherever they are. You know, I see Jesus in Moral Monday movements. I see Jesus yeah. in protest movements against police and prisons. I get. I see Jesus in people calling for affordable housing, yes. healthcare, public education, a living Call wage. Call the roll, sir. I mean, I think the the this is one of the things that the church has missed out on in our sort of compartmentalization and fragmentation of the gospel from real life. We thought it was all about punching our ticket to go somewhere when Uh. we die. It's all about how we live here. It's always been about how we live here and what we do here. There's no way to separate the gospel from politics or ethics or morality. Um, uh, It's always been political. It's always been moral. It's always been ethical. And so we have to find ourselves on on wherever the arc of justice is bending toward those folks who are working for liberation. So one of the things we could do as a church today is find the movement for liberation and get behind it. That's right. That, that's, where, that's where the church should be.:
1: Get somewhere and lay your body down. I don't mm. trust people who won't put their body on the line.
0: Amen. I appreciate Amen. a good sermon, but yeah. I need
1: to see you I need to see you live it out. I need to see it tested uh, before yeah. I'll walk alongside you. Uh, So last question for you. And have we not had church today? How can we embody a faith that seeks understanding despite ongoing division and discord? Tell us about it.
0: Mm. You know, I think understanding is important, but I want to say something about division and discord first. I'm not afraid of a little division and discord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's very clear that the word was coming. The word of truth was coming to separate people. Yeah. Because the separation has Go to happen on. before a rejoining in a new way. huh. Right now we're joined in a way that is unholy. We're joined in a community where our relationship requires me as a person racialized as white, re- gives me power and Go takes on. power from others. That's the way we've been joined. Yeah. So people say, oh, we just need to get to know each other. We need to get more proximate. I'm not so sure. We were real close on the plantation Woo. and it didn't mean that life was good. Or people of color. I think we need to get divided first, truly divided in a way that then will allow a new rejoining that is holy and equitable and just. So I'm not afraid of a little division. Christ said, mm. the, so, the word of truth comes to divide. Mother yes, from self, mother yes sir from child. Sir. So there's gonna be some division. And I think there's some division is okay. Everybody's lamenting the division in American society. Put, yeah, people on the side of justice, people who aren't. That's pretty clear. Ah. What are you worried about? Come on. That's the way it's always been, you know? So I think it's about finding ways for those who are on the side of, the, of justice to truly figure out how to work together and to allow the division that's happening between those who are not for justice and those who are to allow uh, a discord that then can create the possibility for a real joining That would be a joining that is authentic, a joining with integrity, a joining that is not some false joining under a particular political bar, party. That's right. Or a particular banner or even a religion.
1: That's right. That's right. But a
0: joining that is a joining for justice and love in our world, the building of a better society, the building of a better world. So anyway, I'm not I'm not afraid of discord.
1: I love when you question a question or rearrange a question to come up with an even deeper answer. This is Reverend Dr. Ben Boswell preaching on season four of the Raceless Gospel Podcast. I thank you, sir.
0: Thank you. Glad to be here with you.
1: fellowship hall, you know, just going over the sermon. And, you know, I was saying if people didn't get it in the moments that were hours that they did not go to Sunday school or Bible study because he put it, he put it within earshot, but pastor Ben still feels like preaching. And we go let her have, have a word with us in this fellowship hall as we snack on these cookies and drink down this Hmm. juice. What you got to say, pastor?
0: Well, in my tradition, we call this talk back. So (laughs) I'll give you a little time for talk back here. You know, Uh, somebody said something about the unholy joining. I, I think when folks are asking me about the segregated hour, when those, those reporters, those interviewers are saying, you know, pastor, what do you say to folks who say the most segregated hour is Sunday morning? You know, I say, well, I don't want an unholy joining. I don't want to bring people together in a relationship that is going to cause more violence We've been in 400 years of violence. You know, I had a professor once said the way that most white people think about race is what's 400 years of slavery between friends? Woo! That is not a holy way to think about uh! what we've been through, what we've done, what our ancestors have done. So we can't just put people together. You can't put an abused spouse back with their abuser and say, y'all talk it out.
1: Say so, sir.
0: That is unholy. That is That is a recipe for further violence, a recipe for more harm. So what what we have to do is resist any place where we see people trying to create a weak and sentimentalized, unholy dream (sighs) just for the sake of making folks feel good. I got black friends, somebody said, and I want to have more. So let's get some black folks and white folks together. No, Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: don't do it unless you're willing to work for justice, unless you're willing to repent for what has gone wrong, unless you're willing to do restitution and think through reparation and think through abolition, what are you doing? What are you doing? We're just uh, You're just trying to do what's 400 years of slavery between friends and that's unholy. So I, that's what I would just wanna bring back the segregated hour and this idea of division and discord. I'm not afraid of division as long as it's leading us toward a holy union, a holy coming together that is a, a union where there is a a restoration of a new relationship Uh, reparations, repentance, restoration, restitution. Then I think there can be a holy joining, but not until.
1: uh, You said there is no witness without the work. Show me that you've done the work. Y'all just send your offerings over. (laughs) Slap your neighbor and say amen, because what a time we've had with the Reverend Dr. Ben Boswell. I don't know about you all, but my soul (laughs) has been blessed. I've been fit. I don't know about y'all, but if you're still hungry, you know, you can hang around for the fellowship hour. I'm sure there's more to talk about. I want to thank our guest, Ben Boswell, and extend to you, our listeners, an opportunity to know this Jesus who embodies a faith built on relationships that you can bring your whole self to. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. this concludes this episode of the podcast, but not the conversation. We must keep up the work of bodybuilding. Head over to our Fellowship Hour at Raceless Gospel Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Raceless Gosp Pod on Twitter. Absent in the body, but present in the Wi-Fi spirit. I'll see you there. On next week's episode of the Raceless Gospel Podcast, we'll hear from Justin Fung and examine why Christians struggle to support each other, to bear with one another in love for the sake of unity.